Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me for today's episode is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm a blessed, highly favored. I'm excited to uh, talk a little football. Heck yeah, and it's been uh, exciting times around the uh, flowery branch parts. The Falcons look pretty good, at least, you know, the little bit we saw from the starters. We'll talk about that. The uh, The backups look really uh, solid. So that's kind of what's on the docket for today's episode is just kind of looking back because they've played two preseason games since I last spoke to you. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on that. And then looking ahead of what is going to be happening Thursday night, we are recording this Wednesday afternoon. You guys will be hearing this uh, hopefully Thursday morning. So, you know, um, that is kind of the lay of the land for today. But Ovi, I know you've been a Hard Knocks fan in the past. Have you been watching Hard Knocks at all this year? I'm one and a half episodes in. I was watching the last one yesterday. I just fell asleep. I was so dang tired. But uh, <laughs> I'm 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 a fan. Like you couldn't ask for a better peek behind the mirror, behind the. Curtain. Do you buy all of this, Aaron Rodgers? Like you buy that he's like this like, savior, just Mecca? like nice, just like that. Good. Like all of the guys, I feel like are going out of their way, just being like, man, I don't care what they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV. That guy's awesome. Like because. He, all we know is what we know from TV. And so <laughs> it, it's it's not necessarily the guy that we see here. We see more of a, you know, an arrogant prick at times is how he's, per, <laughs> you know, how he's shown on uh, national media. But no, I think he's actually that nice because he's in his element. That's his zone. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, even if he's not the greatest with regular people, with his people, which my people, with football people. Yeah, it's just it's like home. It's like getting back to your family. You haven't seen in a long time. But even though y'all haven't spoke, y'all are still cool. You have an understanding. You've been through similar circumstances. So I believe to them, he's absolutely that nice. It's an environment of like micro interactions. Yeah. I feel like around a football field, it's these three to five minute like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Like just chat for a short yeah. amount of time. And I'm sure like amongst players, it's it's a little bit different. But that's almost the vibe that I was getting from him going up to you know, maybe this defensive assistant and just kind of being like, you still got that mustache, dude. I told you to shave that off. And like just these little like inside jokes that have just built up over a little bit of time. And the cool thing about him, uh, same way it was when uh, I was on the same team with Deion Sanders on the same team, Ray Lewis, even here with the Falcons, Gonzalez, you know, guys (laughs) like that who took their time to speak to the quote unquote lowest on the totem pole, lowest on the uh, roster and still, acknowledge them eye contact and just you know greet them or say something it, it, it means everything and when you talk about fighting for your brother fighting for your team when you have leadership take the time to do that it trickles down everyone's like that's my guy i mean i even know him they've had just micro interactions but like that's my guy and what was uh notable was that i believe he said to his quarterbacks hey sit next to somebody new Make yeah. some friends, connect with people. Cool. I was like, yo, he's not just doing that. He's trying to create a new culture of quarterbacks over here, white guys over here, rich guys over here, poor guys over here. Because those factions occur in locker mm-hmm. rooms. I, I've been there uh, 10 years in the league. It, it's something that I see and something that only gets disrupted if 
the top guys, the leaders, the you know guy on the billboard actually goes out of his way to not just do that, but to encourage others to create a different culture. So, I mean, hats off to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I like him almost as much as Kirk Cousins in quarterback. Like he, he's just like already winning me over more than he already has by being Aaron Rodgers. Like I can grab a beer with the guy and, and uh, enjoy myself. So looking forward yeah. to see what the Jets do this year. Well, you know, while Aaron Rodgers is busy establishing a new culture in New York, the Falcons have been very busy establishing a culture here in Atlanta. We are going to get into all of that in one second. But first, Bet Online is the number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, which are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, Ovi, the first thing I really want to talk to you about is just your main takeaway from the first two preseason games. It could be how the starters looked um, in that second game. It could be the way the defense looked in that first game. I'll let you take it in anywhere to start, but just what's your like kind of 1A with a bullet takeaway after the uh, first two weeks? Well, my takeaway is that uh, I spoke about it earlier on a, a radio show. Desmond Ritter looked serviceable. And we saw that at the end of uh, the last season that, you know, this guy, you know, he, he's he's not Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, but he's also not Marcus Mariota. Like, he, this is a guy that we can actually count on to do the basic ABCs, one, two, threes of being a quarterback. Uh, and I am excited that there is no horrible, you know, terrible, uh, news coming out of, oh my God, we picked the wrong horse. We bet on the wrong horse. This guy just- It seemed like awful. it was going to be that way for a minute there in the it first did. week. <laughs> it did. And granted, the, the last drive it ended up, you know, not how we wanted to with uh, Desmond Ritter, but seeing him fit the ball into tight pockets, seeing him make decisions and go through progression, seeing him do, you know, we shouldn't applaud people for doing what they're supposed to do, but in our mm-hmm. case, the Falcons- we're happy that you do what you're supposed to do. A quarterback supposed to be a quarterback. A quarterback's not supposed to, you know, make constant mistakes. You should be able to make certain throws easily at the NFL level. And he he showed me enough to where I'm like, all right, you know, definitely more to go, more room to grow, definitely, you know, some mistakes. But at least I saw the uh the foundation of a NFL quarterback in Desmond Ritter. So that was something that me and the rest of the Falcons Nation was, was looking for. And I found that. Uh, to enough degree to where I'm not panicking. This guy's not falling. We're not saying, oh my gosh, we need to call, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick or somebody. Not, not probably not him, but we need to call somebody. Like we need to get a quarterback in here. This guy is not going to be able to do it. Again, it's preseason, but I'd say we're at a good, we're at a good place. We're going to start. I completely agree, and it's interesting. I was at the game um, on Friday and in the press box, and my spot in the press box is actually kind of from the end zone angle. So I'm not looking at it, uh, you know, lengthwise of the field. I'm looking at it straight on kind of behind the the goalposts. Um, and I love that view. And usually I love it just because of the run game specifically. And you get to see the width of the offensive line and really how big the gaps are and just the flow of a defense and all of that. But 
watching Desmond Ritter, I really got a nice feel of where he was putting the ball because Mm -hmm. a lot of his passes and the thing that I think is going to be emphasized in this offense with both he and Taylor Heineke are these intermediate passes where they really have to put the ball on a rope or kind of just like put some touch to get it up and over the linebacker, but put it kind of right in there between the safety and the linebacker. Yeah. And I thought he was kind of on the money with that. I know that Kyle Pitts pass was a little bit behind him and he had to kind of reach, but Arthur Smith did say this week that um, upon review of the film, like it was tipped at the line. So that maybe played a, a role in it. He had a couple other passes that were a little bit off the mark, but by and large on some of the more difficult, like out routes, um, these kind of deep ins, stuff like that. Like I thought he was putting the ball right where he needed to. And that's going to be a big part um, of this offense. And then the other thing that I thought was on display was his mobility. And I really think that the, it's not going to be, you know, the main part of the offense. This is not Justin Fields, right? Uh, This isn't Jalen Hurts, uh, probably not even Ryan Tannehill, but as like your fourth option on a play in this offense, defenses cannot afford to look at your fourth option. Like they can't worry about that. They're too worried about a lot of other things. And we're going to see moments where Desmond Ritter is just kind of left alone. And he, it's not going to necessarily be a 35 yard run, although at times it could be, but it's probably like seven yards run out of bounds and there's a new set of downs and now we're rolling. And for that reason, I think you're going to see a lot of these long drives like Atlanta had with their starters out there, even though they overcame a lot of penalty or like they definitely overcame a lot of penalties, which was a very big positive because they kept that going, even though they had those penalties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's going to happen when we don't have those penalties when we tighten up and yeah. hopefully just some preseason jitters, uh, because we were, I heard someone say we were the least penalized team. Yeah. In the NFL I said that year. on and this I, podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They I had four, how- four penalties per game last year. Wow, wow, that's that's yeah. absolutely amazing. So we need to do uh, or keep doing what's worked for us. And if that's something that we show we can do, we shouldn't go back from that. The last thing we need to do is mm-hmm. take away any advantages we have because, well, we're so good. We don't need extra advantages. Yes, we need all those advantages. So uh, hopefully we are uh, just as good as we were last year. And this was just a blip in the radar. And I, I think that that's why Arthur Smith was so frustrated by the uh, the pre-snap penalties after the game. And of course, all week long, that's kind of been uh, a talking point for him, not only because it was your starters that were kind of in there that were getting some of these pre-snap penalties, but because they did such a good job of building in these little tiny advantages um, throughout games last season. And that's the way to win in the NFL. Like the reason they're able to stay in these one score games and, and make everything close is because yeah. they didn't beat themselves. They already were at a disadvantage talent wise. So they had to be kind of flawless in their execution and in their game planning and everything like that. And they, for the most part, were. And so now you're hoping keep that where it is, boost the talent, and and everything's really humming. Um, non-starters, was there anybody kind of in the reserves that's caught your eye so far? Any player that you've really enjoyed watching? I mean, well, uh, is is the rookie Bergeron considered a non-starter? You know, that he's thrown in there an injury. I don't think anymore. He's he's a full-blown he's, starter now. He's a but full-blown starter, sure, but call him out. I, mean, it, it, I, I was just happy to see that. Early, again, it's early. It's preseason, but he didn't seem to be overwhelmed at the position. And it's hard to, at that athletic level, it's where you're great in college. Wonderful. And the pros, these grown amen, these these D linemen that are monsters. It's a different type of monster in the NFL from the people you've dealt with. 
and for him to to hold his own for the most part uh, was was good to see because you need an offensive line that did what they did last year, create a thousand mm-hmm. yard rusher, you know, keep the quarterback uh, clean for the most part, not being the poorest O line that we've had in years past, where Matt Ryan is the most sacked quarterback in the league or top two. We don't need to go back that to that sad, sad, dark day. We need to stay with all all five linemen working together and, you know, just protecting their guy and moving bodies. And Bergeron seemed like that he's preparing himself to be a key part of our amazing offensive line. It's funny I even say that now because I couldn't say it for such a long time. But our, <laughs> our productive offensive line. So that that's a guy, you know, wasn't a starter, but now is probably going to be a starter that I um, keep my eye on. And uh, I like what I see so far. Yeah, they're a good group of guys, you know, like they're uh, not too bad. We like them. Oh, yeah. They can hang around for a little while. I think Matthew oh, yeah. Bergeron will fit right in. Um, I've done podcasting malpractice, though, because I have a former NFL fullback on this podcast and I've yet to even bring up John Robinson. So, I mean, yeah. what do you think of of his debut? Um, Man, it's, it's weird because he didn't do that much. But he did a lot while not doing that much at all. By just showing us a couple of uh, plays, anybody who has played the game of football, watched the game of football, there's certain guys that are just special. Not because you want them to be special or you're supposed to say mm-hmm. that. And that's just you know what is read in, the t- in their little taglines when you, they were got drafted. But because you just see some of the, the cuts, some of the jukes, some of the change of direction, some of the suddenness when he steps – some of the bursts into gears that running backs don't even have. That burst and is so they're, real, they're man. They're all flashes and, you know, some lingering flashes, but he, he didn't play that much. He didn't have that many carries, but with what he did, you're like, oh, gosh, I can just, you know, you kind of extrapolate the, the, the numbers and, and what you've seen into a whole game or a whole season. You're like, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be special. It's going to be a little scary in that RB room because you have so many people. And luckily, I feel like those are all good hearted, good natured people because, you know, a bunch of Ocho Cinco's, Chad John, I mean, uh, T.O.'s and, you know, uh, Anto- Antonio, whatever his name was. You yeah, have, yeah, you have all these RBs getting toxic. Why he getting the ball? I should get the ball. Why he getting the ball? I should get the ball. I'm Porter L. Patterson. You know, I, ain't, I did yeah. this. I did that. You know, oh, I'm Tyler Algiers. I'm the young gunner. I got a thousand yards. You got a thousand yards? No. You got a thousand yards? No. I got a thousand yards. <laughs> you could see so much just animosity and jealousy that could be stirred up if these guys weren't solid human beings. And hats off to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. They've been intentional about picking players who have amazing talent, but guys like Clayus Campbell, who, you know, aren't just talented who are solid human beings. And at this point, you and I have been through enough players and seen enough players to where we know that there are several players that aren't solid human beings and that know how to fake it. But when it comes mm-hmm. to the cameras are off, they're just like, you know, me, 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 I, 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 what can I do? And the whole team concept is just something to say for the cameras. But these guys believe it. These guys will actually find ways to work together for the betterment of the team. And that's exciting. I read this quote um, while I was working out this morning. I've, I've switched my workout routines to the morning now after I drop Liam off at a, 
at daycare. Uh, I don't sense. really like it. I'm not a big more. I just don't have the energy. I have a lot of energy in the afternoon, in the morning. I'm, it's anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, but I was reading a, a quote on The Athletic, um, and it was from the Cordero Patterson from earlier in camp. And it was about P. John Robinson. And basically, he just said, like, the dude is a bleeping good football player. Like, that right there, like, real ones know, right? You know, yeah. like, you're, that's what you're saying is guys just know, hey, this, this dude's a little bit different. And that also speaks to, I think, the level of just excitement and enthusiasm in that running back room for yeah. each other, for this team. I think they still realize, like, we're on one of the few NFL teams that actually gives a crap about the run game and is willing to invest in it and spend time on it and really Obviously. nurture and grow it. Like, how lucky are we? Let's all eat. Like, let's all like be a part of this together. I kind of feel like that's more the attitude. And it's a credit to, to, the, to the guys, not only in the room, but also the coaching staff and I think the other players in the locker room to help kind of foster that environment overall. Um, but I, I mean, I completely agree from where I was in the press box, again, seeing that kind of like straight on angle when he made that cut at the second level to make up that man miss. And then he almost broke the tackle. If it had been blocked correctly, it would have been a touchdown. Um, I almost stood out of my, uh, stood up out of my seat and that's not allowed in the press box, but I, it was just like the Heisman, uh, pose almost like he just made such a great cut. And created so much separation so quickly. And that's the stuff that you just see in practice on these just normal, like little runs that you just run in practice. And it's kind of like nobody's getting tackled. Yeah. Nobody's really like you run over and all the defenders tap the running back. And he's making just incredible plays left and right and making it look normal. And I feel like he's going to be one of those players where anytime the ball in his hands, you kind of hold your breath or you just brace yourself or you sit forward on the edge of your seat just a little bit because you're like, Maybe this is the one. Yep. B. B John is somebody that I, I think will be perfect for the potential. And, and this is talked about in the future, having a camera in the helmet. So people can pay extra to mm. see the, from the eyes of the running back. Yeah. If you could see B. John's point of view, I'd pay for that. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. I mean, do you remember, do you remember the commercial? The the like Mike Vick experience. It was right yeah. around that. It was like 2006, 2000. It was the like Monday yes. Night Football commercial where the dude got in the little roller coaster and was spinning around all the defenders. They have done such amazing leaps in technology. I think Apple has that amazing new uh, uh, augmented reality thing coming out like next yeah. year. I don't see why they can't put little micro cameras in their helmet because if it's in Bijan's helmet and seeing how he looks at the field and then just seeing how quickly he's moving and how he's you know, juking people and people's ankles are breaking. I pay for that. I feel like the, the, the world would, because he's such a special, special running back. I'm, I'm praying that he stays healthy because people are going to be gunning after him and, and trying to, you know, make an example of this young rookie. Cause that's how guys work. They want the rookie to, to have their welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah. Bijan probably isn't even thinking about that. He's like a, Catch me if you can. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, he's yeah. he's not here. Uh, yeah, like trying to see if he belongs. He's like, yeah, exactly. Hold on, you guys aren't ready for this. Yep. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's the vibe that you're getting around the locker room, and that's so exciting. Um, but let's let's pivot a little bit and look ahead uh, at final preseason game uh, against Pittsburgh. We we don't really know how many starters are going to play, how long those starters are going to play if they do, um, which you know reserve players are going to get like. This third game is usually the one that it's toughest to really kind of get a read on 
for how much guys you generally know the dress rehearsal game ahead of time. You know, that that first game, more and more teams are kind of just going with a lot of their reserve players. Um, so this one, I'm very curious to see. The group that I think I really want to watch closely in this one, Ovi, is the secondary. There have been um, some really young guys that I really like. Uh, of course, DeMarco Hellams kind of leading the way there. But Breon Borders and uh, Natron Brooks are two players who I think have just really impressed me uh, making plays in the secondary for these uh, past two games. What have you seen from maybe the defense? Because we've talked a lot of offense so far uh, the first yeah. two games. and maybe what on that side of the ball are, are you watching on Thursday night? Uh, I, I, unfortunately, the easy answer is the right answer for me, and that's the, the the place where they spent a lot of money with the defensive line, with Onyemata, yeah, with Clay's Campbell, with Bud Dupree, and the fact that Clay has had several quotes talking about how the defensive line is scary, how Grady Jarrett's so excited to have the help, and how, you know, our GM's talking about, you know, we've been... They've been talked about. We haven't had the talent uh, in years past. It's like they can't say that about us now. Can't say that we're the least talented team in the NFL because we have like certified stars, guys who can get the job done. They may not be the, the biggest of names, but we have people who at least have that name recognition. Like you know, you, you've you heard of Bud Dupree, you've heard of Clay, you heard of Yamada, and these guys have the the bulk to look the part and to fit the part. Now, Grady's not. <laughs> you know, deal with double teams every day because there's nobody else they're scared of. Yeah. They're now going to say that guy's over 300, that guy's over 300, that guy. These are some guys who didn't come to play and watching how they have just raised the level of play for our defense just by being um, was it dominant just yet, but, but by by causing offenses uh, heartache, heartburn, trouble. They, they are now a group that the offensive corner has to circle and say, we got to deal with that's great. Jared, we got to deal with this defensive line. And, and that's something that's going to help our defense and help our team stay in games and win some games. Yeah. You look at your, your uh, nose tackle and you're like, you're not a nose tackle. You're a nosebleed. Like that's what you got to yeah. be to that center out there all day long. You're just going to hit them over and over and over again. And that's, yep. I mean, I like I talked to D. Alford um, after the game on Friday. I've talked to a couple of other players, and they've just mentioned over and over again the Ryan Nielsen tack and aggressive. Like those are two words over and over again that they hear, and that's the mindset that they've played with. And the thing I'm fascinated uh, about, and maybe you can help uh, enlighten me on this. Although I would argue the two teams that you really kind of played on were, were two teams that were very good about instilling the identity of their respective coaching staffs. Um, yeah. You know, I think the Ravens and and the Mike Smith Falcons like really embodied a lot of what their, their coach was looking for. But is, how many times do you see coaches and coordinators kind of have a message or have that type of, of slogan? And I, I don't want to turn this into a, a whole Dan Quinn thing because like, I, I think his stuff was genuine and real and like yeah. people just kind of made nice it into guy. a punchline. Um, but all over the league, you've got, whether it's biting kneecaps, like if that didn't go well, people will be like, what the heck? How do you go from that just being a slogan to actually then a team embodying that mindset and that message? Uh, winning helps a lot. Winning helps a True. whole lot yeah. if you, especially early on, because it's really hard to keep all talking about, and we won't stay too long on Dan Quinn, but they can't talk about brotherhood when your brothers let you down, your brothers you know, missing his block and getting you smacked in the face and your brother is hard to keep on with the, we got brotherhood brother and the whole Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, brother. It, it just, 
it falls flat if you don't have W's behind it. But you can say something right. as silly as biting kneecaps. But if you're winning games, oh, we bite kneecaps all day. Arr, I'll bite kneecaps. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, but you know, fast and physical and, and uh, aggressive. I mean, and, it worked there in know. the beginning. And then yeah. I think it became a little bit a bumper sticker. And that was really hard for the team to take off when it yeah. probably wanted to. And things started not going well. Because <laughs> um, if you're not yeah. doing those things, if you're not embodying the, the message that you're putting out there and you see players quitting on plays and you see guys, you know, giving a half-ass effort, I'm it's sure, just yeah. hard to, you know, to, to keep on reinforcing something that isn't landing. And I think with Arthur Smith uh, and the position coaches on uh, offense and defense, they are training the players to kind of live out all the the aggressive and the attack mantras that they're putting on to to uh to this squad. And that's something that you could turn into W's. Oh, it sticks, you uh reinforce it. It's something that becomes a part of you. It's an internal thing that you you can't help but uh, exude. You hear it during plays, you hear it after plays, you hear it in the fourth quarter when you're tired and you look at your other teammates and they're all just repeating it, saying it and mm-hmm. then acting it out, turning it to W's, that's when it becomes a lot easier to get any silly mantra to become a part of your uh, belief system. But I, I'd almost have to imagine that part of it has to come from the players themselves. Like, you have to get buy-in and ownership yeah. from the oh, players. Yeah. Kind of like D-Block, right? Like, D-Block was just not, like, organic and natural. If that had come from anything mandated by, like, the team... <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna have the D block yeah. now. It's the D exactly block right. time. We're it's, blocking that D. It's D. Yeah, it's like the no, school no. bell rings. All right, everybody, it's time for D block. Get in here. Yeah, that that wouldn't work. No, it, ugh, it'd be cringy. But uh, coming from you know from 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 Mike uh, and coming from like uh, the squad and uh, and Sean Witherspoon, like man, it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot yeah. of fun. And those guys, we man, we. Went, they went hard. They went hard, and it, it, it was it was it was a it was a little gang in them, like you know, D block, and they were up there hooping and hollering, and we we saw the excitement. We're like, hey, we we gotta figure out a. Cool Imagine if TikTok it. had been around for that, man. I know, right? They're before they missed time. out. They missed out. Um, I I didn't prep you for this, um, but in the spirit of excitement and looking ahead and all of that good stuff, uh, I want you to rank. The five Falcons players you're most excited to watch this season. Well, number one is Desmond Ritter. Uh, excited? You're most uh, excited to watch Desmond Ritter? Uh, well, I'm most curious to see what he's going to do. I'm excited that Bijan. I already talked about him. We're all excited about Bijan. There you but, go. Uh, I just want three, your list. I just want yeah. your list. I, I, number number two. I'm excited to watch uh, Kyle Pitts turn to Kyle Pitts because I feel like you know he still hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can do. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch because um, I played with him. I know what he can do. I feel like he can still give a Dwight Freeney-ish type of a uh, uh, performance. I'm excited to watch Clay's Campbell. Um, and then I'm almost excited, but I still want to see Desmond Ritter. Uh, okay. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, and then number five, I can't believe my weight force, but a guy out, Jesse Bates, I'm excited to see Jesse Bates, you know, you possible fumbles, come downhill, lay, lay the wood, get some interceptions, and just be a force out there in our defensive secondary. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with, you know, Bijan and, you know, and our, uh, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Uh, Campbell. Blaise Campbell and Desmond Ritter and uh, the fifth one, uh, Jesse Bates. My five guys. There you go. I love that list. 
I've yeah. got I've got a, a similar list. I've got Jesse Bates at number five as well. Then okay. I've got Drake London, who Ooh. you left yeah. off your list at number four. Then I've got Grady. We both went defense um, yeah. with the third, but I, I went with Grady. And then Kyle Pitts and Bajan are, are oh, two and right, one for yeah. me as well. So, uh, dude, I, I'm excited guys. I almost went Kyle Pitts one because I, I really feel like that uh, the Kyle Pitts not revenge tour, but redemption tour is yeah. is going to be strong this year. Kyle's going to uh, I feel like he has a bone to pick with anybody who's doubted him because there were a couple of naysayers saying, uh, Kyle's this, Kyle's that. And he's not playing. He hurt worth the money. And the worst thing you can tell a guy who got paid pretty well or picked pretty high is that he's a bust. So he ain't worth the money. I, yeah. to, to normal people or people who know that they're, you know, Hall of Fame type talent. Oh, that's all I needed. That's all I need. I mean, people were telling me my first year. Oh, you should have never paid all that money for over Mahaley. $18 million. Why is he the highest paid fullback? You know, I had people on my own team mumbling like this guy. This is the guy that is the best fullback in the league. He's making the most money. And so I internalized the shit out of that. Like I was just during my workouts in the offseason, all I was thinking about was showing people up and, you know, rubbing it in their face and especially uh, opposing teams. Like I couldn't hit my teammates who would say uh, some side <laughs> comments, but I, I could, but, you know, not as hard as I wanted to. But opposing teams, I wanted to let them know, their coaches know, their mamas know that. I was, you know, the best damn fullback to ever play in a Falcons uniform. And I ended up being that. But they didn't know that first year because I have opportunity. Kyle Pitts, people are, you know, not talking about him with the same hype that they had. You know, his, No, uh, it's it's year. like negative it's like, town yeah, on him, it's man. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of just overlooking Kyle Pitts. Like, he ain't Kyle Pitts. So I feel strongly, I don't know this for a fact, but that he is internalizing that and creating a giant chip to put on his shoulder the whole season and keep that there as he just bombs on people and one hand catches touchdowns and breaks tackles and stiff arms people. So I'm excited for Kyle Pitts to show people who the heck Kyle Pitts is. I mean, if he does have a giant chip on his shoulder, if that is eating at him, he wears it very well because I watching him on the sideline oh, Friday smooth. night before the game. Yeah. I mentioned hard knocks. Are you watching Winning Time? No, I you watched the first season, though, right? I haven't. You told me about it. I watched like half an episode. I fell asleep, so I haven't watched that. I already mentioned this on uh, on the on the pod earlier this week, but he he just reminded me of Magic Johnson almost in in this show, like that the actor who plays Magic Johnson. The way like he's got his just certain demeanor about him. It's very loose. It's very just fun. Like he's an energy presence. That's the way Kyle Pitts looked and and felt out there um, during pregame warm up. Warm up. So again, he seems like he's in a great headspace. But people aren't just oh, yeah. overlooking him. People are sliding him. People yeah. feel slighted by him because of fantasy last year. And so I think that he is going to prove a lot of people wrong because I don't oh, yeah. think people are just. I don't think he's an afterthought. I think people are upset at him. And and I I. Don't think they have a, a good... I understand their reasoning. I don't agree with it. I think that he's going to really show some people this year. Um, but let's end on this. Keeping the excitement going. We have to bring it back. Ovi's excitement meter for the 2023 season. 1 through 34. What is your number? <laughs> and 34 is the highest? 34 is the highest. 34 is the highest. Oh, excitement meter is... It's it's a, it's a strong, like, 29. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, Up from 25 last time. There yeah, we go. I, I feel like, man, 
we we got something. We got something special. So I I, I hope the starters play this game. I, I hate the how soft we're getting and uh, we can't do this and they'll do two days, you know, <laughs> and then twist the hangnail. And you can't Man. prepare for the regular season the way you should unless you play in the preseason. The starters, I mean, this this whole starters play one se- if they all they play is one series, a series and a half, that's it. Like you're not gonna get warmed up until the third quarter of the first game. I, I, it's it could be disastrous. I feel like the starters should play two quarters or a quarter and a half, something. So if they just put their hats on and just chill out, I'll be perplexed and confused. But we'll see. Uh, I, I want them to start fast for the first real game, and the best way I think to do that is to play in the third preseason game, so you can just get some natural progression into uh, what counts. Counterpoint, put all the starters in bubble wrap. Don't let them see the field again until week one. Let's go. Let's go for Carolina. God, we're almost there. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, That's great. That's terrible. Oh, thank you. That will do it for us today. Uh, This podcast, as always, was presented by Bet Online. Please check us out on Twitter at ObiMahaley34 at Will McFadden. Uh, Check out the podcast on YouTube, uh, Believe in Falcons. Go subscribe to our channel. Check out all of our video content over there. Spread the word if you can. The season is right around the corner and you guys will be finding us weekly Thursdays and Monday mornings. Ovi will be with me after each game to break it all down, uh, share what he saw. We will go into everything. I'm very excited to do that with you once again this season, my friend. You got anything to say before we get out of here? Hey, man. Are you ready for some football? (laughs) Yeah, can't wait. Heck yeah, let's do it. All right, everybody, until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.